Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. And of course, I'm always pleased to be joined by Tom Dorian. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine, Tom. You doing all right? Doing great. Well, fantastic. Yes. Well, I wouldn't normally say wonderful, but <laughs> I'm thinking radio fantastic. Voice going. That's right. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Um, I will say that we need to talk about something pretty important today. It's always important. Well, it is always important. This is it's, really important. It's about our faith. All right. Uh, Think of the odds. Do you remember the last time that we were sitting and uh, you were drinking an adult beverage? Uh, and I was drinking a Diet Coke. I think I remember it that way. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea where he's going, but that's but anyway, okay. You remember we were sitting there talking, and you asked me, why <laughs> do we have a church? Do you remember that? <laughs> Just say you do. Okay, I remember. All right, good. I'm glad you remember it now. All right. We want to tackle that question. Okay. Why is there a church? Because right. I get this question a lot when we're doing the RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation uh, for adults, folks are kind of coming. They want to know more about the Catholic faith. And right. They want to they join the church, they think, and they kind of stop and think, well, why? I think there's a lot of questions about why a church that will be answered mm-hmm. when we're standing before our Lord you exactly. know, at the, at the end of time. Right. right? And we're all gathered. And this will be the time to say, by the way, Jesus, <laughs> help me with this uh, question. Why did you make a church? But in the short term, I think we can talk about one great part of our faith. Yes. Uh, and that is the sacramental economy. Huge part. Yeah. And so we're, the way I would want to sort of launch ourselves into this discussion mm-hmm. is I'm going to read a little scripture passage here. Okay. I'm going to read from the Gospel of John. Right. Read out of chapter 9, the first seven verses of chapter 9. And we hear about Jesus and this blind man. And it says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. And so we hear in this, and a lot of people think, well, what does that have to do with starting a church? Because you probably thought I was going to talk about, for you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, which is a very important verse. And we did a show about that particular verse. But I want to talk about this one in John here because it really speaks to us about this sacramental economy. Okay. Right? And our Catholic understanding of why sacraments. Mm-hmm. So a quick answer to why a church, because God wanted these sacraments to take place and wanted us to have his grace and chose these sacraments as, as the primary way in which we'd receive God's grace. Okay. And we see in this particular passage a really interesting thing. Now, I know when you were a kid, Tom, did you ever spit in the mud and make little mud pies and whatnot? Yeah. And so when I read this, this is a lot of fun. But, you know, as you start to look at this, you see something else going on here. We know from hindsight mm-hmm. that... Jesus is God. Mm -hmm. And with that authority and with that power, right, the omnipotence that comes with being God, Mm -hmm. don't you think that Jesus could have just healed the blind man just because he willed it? Absolutely. 
Right. He could just will it. Right. And if God willed it, this man would be able to see. Right. Instead of doing that, he does something very peculiar. He reaches down, spits on the ground, and he makes clay with his spittle, which a lot of people think is, that's kind of gross. That is different. And Mm -hmm. so then we look at that and go, well, why would Jesus do that? Do you think the folks around him were saying the same thing? What I would imagine that they're, well, you know, their biggest problem was once the guy was able to see was that he did it on the Sabbath. And so they (laughs) took him to court basically on that whole uh, violating the laws of the Sabbath. But I think if they looked deeper, they would have seen why why did this, what they thought was just an ordinary man, the carpenter's Mm -hmm. son, spit on the ground and make clay and then rub it in this man's eyes. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, and understanding what exactly took place, that in a nutshell is what a sacrament is. Right. Right. As our, our Catholic faith teaches us that we will use some means element. of the earth, an element, something from the earth, mm-hmm. right? And then we'll have um, this authority that comes behind it, and there'll be these words that are said, that are spoken right. in the person of Christ or through the authority of the church. Mm-hmm. And when those words are spoken in this particular Material is used if we have the proper form mm-hmm. and the proper matter, right? The proper matter mm-hmm. being, in this case, the mud. Right. But, like, if we were to take something like baptism, mm-hmm. we have got, proper got form. water. Right? We got the water. Right. It has to be water. Our mm-hmm. church teaches that it's water. Mm-hmm. Right? And then also the proper form. It has to be done using that Trinitarian formula. Right. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if it's, if it's incomplete... If we don't use that entire Trinitarian formula, if we just baptize in the name of Jesus, right? or if we uh, baptize using the Creator and the Redeemer and the Sanctifier, those are not valid baptisms. Okay. Right? It has to be in the proper form, the, the form that's passed down to the uh, apostolic authority, the magisterium, the teaching magisterium of the church. And really, this is coming from Jesus. Right. These words are coming from Jesus. So we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and we use water then what happens? Grace. Grace is poured out. That's right. Grace is poured forth, and the baptized person's soul is just filled with grace. Right. At that point, all their sins are forgiven. They become an adopted child of God, and their whole world changes Right. in so many profound ways. And all of this happens because of this sacramental economy. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we mean by an economy? Mm-hmm. What do you think I mean when I say an economy? Well, I think it's something that you use. It's a it's a, a system that's out there that can be used, and we use sacraments inside the church um, as a tool. That's right. System is a good word. We use a financial system, right? right? Our economy, what we'd normally think the word economy meant, right? right? Economists say, right. you know, and they're using processes within this big system like monetary funds and all these various banking things. Exactly. And they're able to use those things as instruments or tools to affect change to affect things. So we have like the gold standard and all this kind of right. stuff. And so we have this financial economy in our our world that we live in. Well, the church uses this sacramental economy to do its business. Right. Right. And the business of getting this, this wonderful gift of grace from God mm-hmm. to the people of God. Mm-hmm. And it's done through the authority of the church. And so we see in this beautiful scripture passage that Jesus intended for us to see that there was something deeper going on here than just simply God willing that this man see. Right. That what really we need to understand is that Jesus is setting us up for something big because he knows what's getting ready to happen. Right. He knows that only, uh, well, several chapters later in John, Mm -hmm. he's going to be hanging on a cross. Exactly. Right. He understands that 
there necessarily is going to need to be a church that's going to be here to continue to allow him to say something like, I will be with you to the end of the age. Right. Right. And it's only through those sacraments that we see that lived out. And so a lot of people will wonder, you know, does that mean that these sacraments uh, are necessary? Do you have to have the sacraments? I would say yes. Well, if you're a Catholic, you'd be silly not to use the sacraments, right? Because the totally way, agree with right? That. You, you talk about grace, and you talk about this um, opportunity that God gives us in this um, uh, world to receive His His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, but especially His grace. Right. All that is good that comes from God, we receive. Mm-hmm. Now, if we choose to do it without the sacraments. What a painful journey. Imagine trying to drive cross-country without taking any rest stops. without a lot more difficult. Without putting gas in your gas tank, without feeding yourself right. along the way. It's going to be extremely difficult. You're going to be pushing your car at some point in time, right. and you'll probably collapse. <laughs> but we have this gift, the sacramental economy within the church, that, that gives us that grace that we need on this journey that we are taking in our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. So that if we want to get to that final destination, to be with God for all eternity... We need to take uh, heed of all these beautiful, uh, grace-filled rest stops along the way. Right. Right. These sacraments that God has placed there for us to uh, to help us in understanding uh, how it is we are to manage this process of getting to Him. Right. And really, instead of us, I, I guess instead of me saying we manage the process, we we allow the process to take place. God manages the process. Right. Well, we the, participate. And we participate, but it's all his strength. It's all his authority. Right. And the, and the grace that comes through the sacraments do not come from the priest or the deacon or the person that is um, administering that sacrament. They come through them. Well, it's exactly right. It comes from God. Right. It comes uh, directly from God. And we're going to talk a little bit about that concept okay. when we come back from our uh, – uh, our break here, but I did want to talk first about uh, a wonderful website we have. It is wonderful. Where is it? It's www.thecatholiccafe.com. And why do we not want to go to catholiccafe.com? Well, we get to see your lovely face. It's a beautiful no, face. No, why do we not want to go to catholiccafe.com? Oh, I'm sorry. See, some uh, people go to www.catholiccafe.com. Well, you want to go there if you're a single and looking for a nice a cat- single exactly. Catholic We're person. We're advertising for them, right. I guess, now, but it's a, right. it's a Catholic dating site. Exactly. We are the catholiccafe.com. That's critical. And you come there if you want to find out more about your Catholic faith. Exactly. Right? More about these particular shows. and You'll be able to listen to these shows and podcasts and whatnot. Right. So we've told them about that. Also, email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com when you get a chance. Love to hear from you. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. When you think of saints, you often think of saintly qualities like patience, love, humility, and generosity. Not so with St. Jerome, a priest and doctor of the church born in the mid-4th century. On more than a few occasions, St. Jerome stood outside the church doors doing penance for his bad temper. While this was true, more than anything he was a staunch defender of the truth and an ardent lover of the Word of God. He felt that anyone who taught error was an enemy of God to be defeated with the swift and sure strokes of his powerful pen. St. Jerome was a scholar of great wisdom and understanding. 
He was a master of Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, and he spent many years in study in the celebrated centers of scholarship like Rome and Alexandria. He was a great student of sacred learning because he realized its vital role in obtaining the beatific vision. He once said, Let us learn upon earth those things which can call us to heaven. Sometimes feared for his veracity, but always known to be a genuine man of God, St. Jerome was respected by his peers. St. Augustine said of him, What Jerome does not know, no mortal man has ever known. He was very prolific in his writings. Above all, his scriptural writings have been without equal in the history of the Church. St. Jerome is most remembered for his translation of the Bible into the common or vulgar language of the people, making it more accessible to the common people. Called the Vulgate, his vigilant and meticulous translation was very popular and became the standard version of the Bible for over a thousand years. Many who question the authority of the Church like to point to the fact that St. Jerome openly opposed the inclusion of the seven deuterocanonical books in the official canon of the Bible. While this is true, as he rarely held his opinions to himself, few people realize that ultimately St. Jerome recognized, upheld, and defended the authority of Holy Mother Church in defining the canon, and placed the books in their rightful place in the Bible. In 402 AD, St. Jerome wrote regarding this issue, What sin have I committed if I follow the judgment of the churches? At the end of his life, St. Jerome finally settled in Bethlehem, where he lived in a cave believed to be the birthplace of Jesus. He died there in 420 A.D. His feast day is September 30th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe and uh, here with Tom Dorn. And we're still talking about the sacramental economy. We are. So are you ready to go out and spend a little sacramental money? Let's do it. <laughs> Get you Now, nothing's for sale, by the way. Which That's is a good interesting. Thing. That's a good thing. We should point that out because that caused some problems, you know, about five, six hundred years ago. Yeah, 15, people, yeah, people had 30-ish. some issues with that, and uh, and I'm just making light of that whole situation. Yeah, that's, that's not, not what was happening. It's, no, but the point is, uh, the sacraments are a free gift, right? Yes. Grace is a free gift. Completely, and that's an important thing for us to understand that mm-hmm. uh, there is no there's no price. Well, actually, there is a price, but it's already been paid by Christ on the exactly. cross. Exactly, right? And so that's a beautiful thing. And also, we've talked about the sacraments and grace, but a lot of people don't necessarily understand the reality of what a sacrament is. Right. Right. And a sacrament is that outward sign. It's that thing that we do or participate in Mm -hmm. that carries with it this unseen, but very real grace. It is very real. And it's something that's instituted by Christ. Critical line there. That's exactly right. And we're going to focus on that now and talk a little bit about these sacraments that we have in the Catholic church. And the fact that they're instituted by Christ. Good stuff. Right? This is the economy, right? So Christ gave us all the, all the gold we have in our, in our vaults, right. all the merits, all that came from, from Christ and his dying on the cross mm-hmm. and our participation in that, right. in that process, being able to participate in his suffering also. But the point is he filled that treasure trove of merits to its brim. Right. And it's it's uh, boiling over, you know, with uh, pouring over with with his grace, mm-hmm. uh, all because of it's through his authority and through his power that we have these things. 
But we should talk about the fact that they are instituted by Christ because that's an important concept. Because mm-hmm. many times Catholics will be uh, – well, have you ever heard a Catholic trying to defend his faith and maybe – his Protestant friend asked him, like, well, where did you all get that? Some man-made thing. Right, and we get the man-made thing a lot. Right. Right, that a lot of the things that we do in the Catholic Church are man-made. Right. Right, when in reality we can look at our sacraments and we can know that they they came from Christ. They're instituted by Christ. Right. So I was going to go through some of these uh, scripture verses Good. here and just talk a little bit about it. First of all, I guess we should segment our sacraments out, right? We should right. divide the sacraments into some convenient groups. And we have how many sacraments, Tom? Seven. Very good. Thank you. Get it's a star. A, you get a star. Sweet. You get an extra sprinkle on your donut. Oh, thank you. Uh, and so we have seven sacraments, <laughs> and there's three different groups I want to talk about. First are the sacraments of initiation. Okay. Now, these are the sacraments that sort of initiate our relationship with God. They, they, they're like a step forward towards God. Right. Right? And that is, uh, the first is baptism. Right. That's the first sort of, we call it the sort of premier or first sacrament because it's the sacrament that precedes all other sacraments. Right. The other sacraments don't take place. You can't have the other sacraments or receive the benefits until, you have that. until you're sort of oriented to God, and that's what baptism does. Right. right. Then we have the sacrament of confirmation, okay. and that's where we're sealed with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. right? to be prepared for life, to be a, a Christian soldier, to go out and do the work of the Lord. Right. And we want to seal ourselves to finish what was started um, in baptism and that sort of orientation towards God, that sealing with the Holy Spirit. Uh, is what we do in confirmation, and of course, Eucharist mm-hmm. is that uh, we start with our first Holy Eucharist, and we we receive Eucharist uh, uh, multiple times, and obviously that the documents call the Eucharist the source and the summit of our faith, right? Where we come and have a dev- we have an, a real, true encounter with Christ Himself, right? Uh, with the Godhead in that one little experience of the Eucharist. So that's a beautiful sacrament. Those are the sacraments of initiation. Right. Now, also, we have these sacraments we call sacraments of healing because there are times in our life when we need healing, whether we're sick physically right. or we are sick spiritually. Right. Right. Or we've, we've, we've broken with God in a sinful way. And so we have the sacrament of confession. Right. And then we have the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And both right. of those are the sacraments of healing. And then there are the sacraments the, that are at the service of the Eucharist is the way it's referred to. Okay. And really the sacraments of vocation. It's our calling. What are we called to be? Right. Right. And there are two sacraments there, the sacraments of holy orders. Mm-hmm. Right. Sacrament of holy orders is where the ordination. Uh, deacon, I was ordained. I have, right. I have holy orders. Uh, priest. Right. Uh, bishop. These are the sacraments of orders. Right. And then there is the uh, sacrament matrimony. of holy matrimony. Right. Where many of us are called uh, to uh, be in that sacrament, be uh, the vocation of marriage, to live uh, as a married couple. Right. Uh, and to proclaim the gospel to the world, uh, to procreate, to, to bring Christ to as many people as we possibly can, uh, but also to bring loving uh, uh, relationship, to bring uh, children into the world and uh, to procreate and populate the earth be fruitful and multiply as the uh, got to be some folks out there thinking okay yeah right whatever some guys invented this stuff where did christ institute yeah, all this well let's talk about that we don't have a lot of time i've right. got a few more no, minutes I, here I but, but i will let's look at baptism pick out a couple right baptism it's it's christ when he's talking to nicodemus do you remember mm-hmm. in john chapter three he says truly truly i say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then Christ himself in that great commission in, in Matthew, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here's mm-hmm. Jesus 
telling us that we need to baptize and telling us that baptism is necessary, mm-hmm. right? So that's instituted by Christ. That's 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 important. Uh, that's important for us to do. And then in the same way, uh, let's look at confirmation. Okay. That's another one where people think, well, where is Christ in all this? Right? Do we see uh, Christ's hand in this? Um, and what we do is we, if we read uh, the, the first letter of John mm-hmm. in chapter 2, he says, but the anointing which you received from him, and he's talking about Jesus and the Father, mm-hmm. right? He's talking about the Son and the Father, right? He's going on this long discussion about the Son and the Father. And, and John says, but the anointing which you received from him, the anointing, mm-hmm. right? That anointing from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. As his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So this anointing, when we get this anointing, mm-hmm. right? And then we see later uh, in the in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. right? In chapter 8, we see that uh, it says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for it had not yet fallen on any of them. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So here we see the Holy Spirit being given as a gift, right, to these people of Samaria, but through an instrument different than baptism. Right, right. Now, we teach that baptism, the Holy Spirit is definitely involved in baptism. But right. our understanding here, this is an important reading from Acts where we see that it's Christ's anointing. So Christ instituted this sacrament. Mm-hmm. Christ is the one that anoints us, right, to to go forth and to do the work, to be sealed in the Holy Spirit. And, of course, there's many other verses right. that talk about being sealed in the Holy Spirit uh, throughout the scriptures. Uh, and let's talk about Eucharist. Okay. Obviously, that was that was instituted by Christ. Right. We read the, at the, Last the Last Supper, right? We read from Matthew. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Christ instituted the Eucharist. Right. Now, we have shows on the Eucharist. If you want to know more about the Eucharist, lots of more scripture verses that are going to help you understand our understanding of the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. But really, now we're talking about Christ right. instituting these sacraments. And you can have a show for every single one of these sacraments easily. I think so. I think we so. We ought to do that. Well, we'll take them one at a time. All right. <laughs> but let's, let's keep, our, let's keep uh, breezing Don't through here. Don't let's, let's look at uh, Let's look at confession. <laughs> okay. Right? When did Jesus tell us to That's go and confess? One, well, it is. It's very important right. for us to understand. But think about this. Especially when we're, we're Catholics and we're challenged on this one. That's right. Well, let's go to John chapter 20. Let's do it. Right? Verses 21 through 23. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them mm-hmm. and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Right. You know, why would Jesus give Powerful these stuff. apostles, and he gave nobody else, by the way, this authority, only the apostles. Right. Only the apostles were given the authority to forgive sins. Right. Right? Why would he give them that authority if he didn't expect them to use it? Good point. And then how would people be expected to use it, right, without telling how, – how could the apostles forgive sins they didn't know about? Right. So there's this natural process of, Tom, you need to go to that apostle over there. 
right? right? Tell him your sins, and he can forgive you. He has the authority given him by Jesus. Right. So Jesus instituted that sacrament. Right. Right. Again, many other verses that we would use to, to paint that picture, but that's just one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anointing of the sick. Let's go to John chapter 20, that same exact verse. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Mm-hmm. He sends these apostles out in his name to do his work for him. Mm-hmm. And we read in Mark chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, so they went out, these same apostles, so they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So here we see with the authority given them by Jesus, mm-hmm. right? He instituted the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. He's the one that actually does the healing. These men don't do the healing. They're just instruments in the process, right? which is a very beautiful thing. And then, of course, we have holy orders. We know that uh, at the... Uh, the washing of the feet on uh, what we celebrate every Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday, right. Right? This is at the Last Supper again. Mm-hmm. Uh, John chapter 13, when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Mm-hmm. Right? As a priest. And we're reminded in that uh, in that sacrament that Jesus instituted the sacrament of the priesthood as he did holy matrimony. Right. Jesus did that when he died on the cross, believe it or not. Right? This is an odd thing, but you this might think, well, that, you think, this well, this is, it was marriage. In Mark chapter 10, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. This is Jesus talking, ratifying and saying this right. is a serious connection. That's right. St. Paul, Ephesians chapter 5, a famous, famous little scripture passage here. Husbands, mm-hmm. love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Mm. Right? And we read a little bit later on, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery, Paul tells us, is a profound one, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church, Mm -hmm. right? Paul is equating marriage with Jesus' gift of himself on the cross, right? right? We give to each other as husband and wife our fullness, right? right? In totality, nothing held back. Jesus held nothing back on the cross. Christ instituted holy matrimony. Big stuff. So we can see all these things, and we hopefully can realize that Christ instituted these sacraments and how wonderful and powerful this sacramental economy is and why we as Catholics are so blessed to be a part of it. We are. And we should recognize their value, and we should take, we should advantage. take, take advantage of yeah, this. Absolutely. It's all there for us. Right. Right? It's a beautiful thing. It is. All right. Well, let's close in prayer. Please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts you have so graciously given us. And we thank you in a particular way for the gift of the Holy Sacraments. Grant, we pray, that we may willingly open our hearts to the graces you freely bestow on us through the ministry and authority of your church. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff... Send an email to Deacon Jeff at the Catholic Cafe dot com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>